Hello, and uh, welcome to the program. So glad that you are here. Stu, are you, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Anything holiday-related? Uh, yeah, I saw like some Christmas shows and... Uh, what'd you see Christmas shows? Um, there's a, a big, uh, one of the big like churches here in the area that is a very spectacular Christmassy thing. Oh, and, uh, we was that Gateway? That. Uh, no, it's uh, called Prestonwood Baptist mm-hmm, Church, mm-hmm. and they do, they had like yeah. camels on stage and zebras and... All sorts of crazy I stuff. churches start to have stages? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm calling it a stage because it was a Christmas show. But, I mean, yeah. it was the place where people stand and play music. And I don't oh, know. really? Is that, not a bad, oh, really? is that a bad description for a stage? No, no, no. I just wondered. I mean, I never... Well, I, it's I, it's thing, we would have stages... It's the big church criticism you're doing, which is why I'm being difficult. No, I, it's this thing where, like, oh, well, that's a big church, and they have a stage. And what does churches ever have stages? I it's like... where you stand when you do music. I don't know. There's always good people Gate, standing somewhere. I go to Gateway from time to time. I love those. Yeah. I love the mega churches. I do. I know. Sure you know. I just like, I think that's always a oh uh, a, cr- a weird criticism. You it's like, suck. well, I can't think their music's too good. They're all like talented musicians. I mean, what is this a concert? No, it's oh, just, I love I, that. I, oh, drives me crazy. I, love I hate that. that. It's like let them go up there. So what? They're talented. So what? They? I don't understand. I that. have to tell I hear you it all I, the time. It's like oh, I go geez. to I I go to I go to my church occasionally. I go to Gateway and I love their music and. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes we kind of struggle and, you know, we put a few people together and you're like, well, that's what you get when you pay for a band to come on and rehearse all week, all week. Mm -hmm. You get good, good music, good, good music. There's nothing wrong with having that, But yeah, it was really, it was amazing. I mean, crazy. I mean, like it was a legitimately good. Like the end of Christmas show. The Rockefeller yeah, I mean, it had elements very similar to that. Yeah, so it was the birth of Christ and stuff? Yeah, it has that. Yeah, and it had, like, it had all sorts of, like, warm holiday stuff, you know? Mm. Like, it kind of had uh, the, 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 you could tell it's something that where people who necessarily aren't churchgoers might go and, and take in some really nice holiday moments. And then I also think that's great. Take in the, sto- the real story of Christmas. I think that's great. I think so, too. I like yeah. those things. So, so. Here, Texas is different. I mean, the South is different, but Texas is really different. Nobody's afraid to say Merry Christmas here. You got like, hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays. What's wrong with you? You know, from around these parts. <laughs> I mean, it's very, I remember the first time I went to a doctor here. I moved here. And the doctor, you know, goes through everything. And, and uh, you know, I'm butting up, buttoning up my shirt and pulling up my pants after being horribly violated. But that's a different <laughs> story. And uh, he, uh, he's just signing off a bunch of stuff. And he said, uh, so. Let's talk about your spiritual health. How's your spiritual health? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I just come from New York. What? What do you spiritual health? What are you talking about? Where's the camera? Where's the? What are you trying yeah, to do here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You have an X-ray for that? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so refreshing, so nice to see somebody actually not afraid. Uh, and it's just it's different. You know, I saw President Trump on TV today, and he's like, "We're saying Merry Christmas." And I had forgotten what it was like to live up north where it's like, don't you say Christmas. Christmas ain't about Christ. It's got Christ in the name. It just end it just ends with mus. That ain't around here. We're not talking about no Christ. It's about the winter solstice. They always have those stories. The left is always mocking the right for saying oh, the war on Christmas. This is no there's no war on Christmas, but it's like 
you know, every year there's more and more stories of, you know, something like this being removed from the public square somewhere. You're not allowed to, you know, I mean, you know, I send my kids to a religious school and there it's very, very prominent, uh, the Christ and Christmas. However, like you, uh, we have friends who go to public schools, even here in Texas, Mm -hmm. who have only happy holidays parties, only merry winter parties. This is Texas, right? Like, I mean, you've lost the educational system here. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people who still love Christmas. That's not the thing. It's it's certainly there, but there is that um, movement that you know we used to mock. It used to be the guy. Remember the guy who used to always file the lawsuits that was you know wanted to take in God we trust off the money, and he would file every every six months there'd be a new one of those. And a lot of the requests he made in those lawsuits and the, the conversation surrounding those lawsuits was about stuff like that, which at the time, well, 10 years ago, was seemingly ridiculous. What, am I going to not say Merry Christmas in schools? They're going to have happy holidays parties only? And over time, it just becomes, well, of course, at school, they're going to say, you know, Merry Winter. Of course, obviously. It's that's something we all accept now. These things move quickly, quickly. They go from, uh, you know, to, to, they get to acceptance pretty darn fast. The tolerance thing is never, I mean, it's, it's never tolerance. Like, tolerance is never enough. You're never going to be woke enough for any of these movements, as people like Pete Buttigieg are finding out, because he's not gay enough, apparently. Well, in my, t- my kids' school, um, uh, they, have, uh, they had to buy snacks. It's snack week. Snack week. And apparently snack Every week, week is snack week for me, by I know. the way. Uh, apparently they can buy snacks throughout the day or whatever. I don't know what it is. And they're like, Dad, it's snack week. Can we get some extra money for some snacks? And I'm like, what? Sure, <laughs> look. And it's a thing from the school, and it says it's snack week, so you can eat snacks and buy snacks. And then the last line is, uh, and uh, snack week, all the proceeds go help fight global warming and i just looked at my kids and i said guess who's not having snacks this week (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if you're hungry or not i don't care if you want a snack or not not with my cash oh man this is what they always do with schools i i walked out of school uh, so many times in protest i have no idea why i walked out on any of those times we constantly we have these like school walkouts and we do marches around town to protest something and I was always involved in it because we were leaving school. Right? Like what am I going to do? Stay in school and not walk out and do something that's supposed to be important? How did this happen? When did this happen? Because what I are mean, we in 10 years apart? Uh 35 I think. 35 36 years apart, something like that. Shut up. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean So we're not that far apart. No, we're no. not that far apart. No. And like school for you was di- I mean well, I went to school in Connecticut. We were getting paddled <laughs> by our nuns in school. <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah, we were going to McDonald's to protest." Oh, well that's that is where I would wind up typically. We would we would go out, we'd walk out of the door for the walkout. And then we'd continue walking when the rest of the people took a left and we'd keep going straight and go to like the convenience store or McDonald's. Did or you grow up with. at least in the generation? Because you're first year millennial, right? I mean, I joke about that. There's one study that says it begins in 1976, which is when I was born. However, most studies say it's like 1981 okay, for millennials. Right, but right. I like to say I'm the first millennial. I, I was, I'm the godfather of the millennials. I was yeah. born in February 1976, basically the first one. I don't know. I only do that to torture millennials because I actually don't want to be one. 
but they really don't like it when I say I'm one yeah. of them. So I say so, it. <laughs> so I say it. I say it. I said it there. Uh, so we're not that, that we're not that different in age. And and yet, are were you at least were you at least more afraid of getting in trouble at home than you were at school? Like when you got in school, they could beat you almost to death. <laughs> Just don't tell my folks. I did not go to a school where they would beat me to death. Um, well, nobody actually died. Okay. Just, just, just on the verge of She death. knew. Yes. She was very good. She knew when to stop. Yeah. Okay. No, but I mean, literally, I, I could have begged her, please, I'll take any punishment. You can cut off my fingers. Just don't <laughs> tell my parents. Because it would always be worse. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's, I mean certainly you wouldn't want, to, want that to go home with you. I was, I, you know, I, I got in a lot of uh, trouble at times at school, um, but more, mostly for just being a, a wise ass. So that was my general, which is a shock. I know everyone well, what, in the audience was really stunned about that. Well, um, I mean, I didn't think, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a different level when you're what, shiving people in the hallways? Yeah, no. yeah I was in the bathroom <laughs> shiving people. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wasn't, a, I, I, I did have some occasional issues with certain teachers, uh, figures of authority. Um, which like what I, kind of uh, I, I, what kind I, of issues? I I didn't always get along with them. You know, I was not always <laughs> really. Yeah, I yeah. D- d- didn't. Uh, I didn't fall in in line as far as like when you know when I thought they were giving me a hard time. I I tended to point that out, which didn't didn't necessarily help my uh, academic uh, future. So did you sit in the back with the ruffians? The ruffians. Yeah. Hey, no malarkey here. No malarkey. Are, we are on the no malarkey tour. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, a, you know, I was a, I'm not good. I was no rebel or anything, but I just yeah. was a wise ass to everybody. Um, so I, you know, I occasionally got in trouble, but I, I, I was, uh, you know, when it came down to these things where like there were these big movements and I think it was probably stuff like we need funding for new tennis courts or something. I was in Connecticut. <laughs> these are not real problems. Um, but whatever it was, whether I supported it or not, I, I just walked out with the group because I didn't want to be at school. And this was like, like this was a situation. And I think this is a legitimate problem uh, today, which is and I was right in the area where this began, I think, where activism began to be praised by adults when children did it, not as a not as a means to an end, but just the end. The end itself is, are you activist? Are you involved in your community? Do you care about things? That's great. And we should See, praise I, that behavior. May I just say, there is a happy medium. Mm-hmm. We, we went from, I, I had dinner one time uh, with my family uh, at Richard Mellonscape's house. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think people okay. know, know who Richard Mellonscape is. Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. he was from the, you know, Carnegie Mellon yes. family. People, okay. That's how people might know him, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, 80, and he, I think, was the last, like, Vanderbilt, the last one that grew up with tremendous, tremendous Incomprehensible. Wealth. Incomprehensible wealth. wealth. Uh, his like sixth birthday party. I saw a picture of him at his sixth birthday party at the table. Everybody was in black tie. The kids were in <laughs> dresses, and they had black tie butlers standing behind every every chair for the kids. And this big huge cake on that. I mean, it was like, and that was during the depression. I said, when was this taken? He said, I think that was 1936. I said, so it wasn't hard for your family depression. He's like, nope, didn't notice it. <laughs> but anyway, um, and uh, we went to his house one time. He invited us to, our, to his house, and we stayed with him. 
and I brought my children. And we came down for dinner. We'll, have, we'll be having dinner at, at 6 p.m. And so we came down for dinner, and there were not enough chairs to include the children. And so we were like, are we having dinner by ourselves? How is this working? Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to sit down. And then he kind of came in, and he was like, oh, the children. Like, oh, children. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said, uh, well, they'll be eating in the kitchen with the staff. And I was like, uh, like the, uh, what? A version of the kiddie table, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The holiday uh, and he table. grew up in a time where children were seen but not heard. You'd pat them on the head and then they'd, the staff would take them. Mm. You know what I mean? Or, you know, my grandfather, we didn't have any staff, obviously. You know, the chicken would take us, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was like you didn't, you didn't interrupt. You didn't tell elders what to do. You didn't, you didn't speak unless spoken to. You know, that kind of a thing sure. when you were in a crowd with adults. We've gone too far the other way. Yeah. The middle there is really pretty good. Yeah, it's really pretty there's good. There's a line between having the kids eat in the other room with, with the chickens and the staff and <laughs> Greta Thunberg being time person of the year. Right. There's a place in between there we should stop. <laughs> and, I, and I think that, I think on everything, I think it's at that place where we should hang out more. Mm, yeah. Ba-ba-ba. I have to get this uh, off my uh, off my desk here because it's been sitting here for a while, and uh, I just you know I just I just don't want it sitting on my on my desk anymore. And it is um, it's this story: a man whose farts kill mosquitoes. <laughs> Claims to have been signed up by an insect repellent company, probing the secret of his killer gas. He is from Kampala, Uganda. And uh, he says Boffins has launched a study into the chemical properties of his trouser toxin. Uh, Hmm? hmm? Trouser toxin? That's what it says in the story. I'm just... I mean, it's got to be from, what, the New York Times? What, what, what's the source? He says, he says, it's the son from the UK. Oh, wow. He says, mm. in his home village, no one has ever had malaria because his gas can knock out mosquitoes over a six-mile radius. Now, if that is true... That would make his fallout zone larger than that of the atomic bomb, which <laughs> destroyed Hiroshima in 1945. Mm. He is known apparently all over town as the man who can kill mosquitoes with his farts. Now, nowhere in the story. I mean, do you have any? You have any questions here? At this point, now, I kind of know that a, one of our, our school walkouts was over this guy. Just, <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> do you have any uh, questions as a reporter, as an interested person? Do you how, have any questions? How how do they how does it kill mosquitoes? Yeah. Mm, OK, how? I would just be What's like, process? what is the what is it like for humanoids? What's his diet like? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. What does he eat? Mm-hmm. And is he married? Uh, does he have any friends? Does he live alone? 
So Does it just kill mosquitoes? You're taking for granted this is true. You're not asking any questions on the science on how Are someone could blow up is... at a uh, Hiroshima-style area well, with his I farts. Don't. You're just assuming it's true. I don't, um, I don't imagine that they would make this up. It says in the story he has to wear charcoal-based underwear pads uh, in his pants all the time. The filter... You don't think this story's true? (laughs) I believe all news sources that use the term trouser toxin. Uh, That's just one of my things. That's Mm -hmm. the official official name of it. I want to tell you something they're doing in Dallas that I think is really, really cool. Operation Care is having... A birthday party celebration for Jesus. Uh, you can find the information at opcare.org. Uh, Susie Jennings is on with us. Uh, Susie was with Baylor uh, University Medical Center in uh, Dallas, and then she she resigned that. She left there, and she she started Operation Care, uh, and um, and said God's leading her life, and and this is one of the things they're doing. And I just I love this story. Hello, Susie. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you. Yeah, great. Um, all right. So you in Dallas, you're known as the blanket lady. Um, yes, sir. And, and that's why. <laughs> because I started the ministry giving away blankets after my husband of nine years uh, disappeared from our home. He was in the military, committed suicide from a mental illness. Mm. Uh, he developed a um, chemical imbalance called serotonin deficiency and then uh, left, disappeared 30 days and was missing. We found his body in Atoka, Oklahoma. And when we found him, he had been dead for 30 days. Oh, my we gosh. found him in a ravine in the hills of Atoka. And he was hiding there. And the farmer found his car. And the farmer only would go there once a month. And that's how his car was found. But he was missing March 9th. We discovered him April 8, 1993. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Susie, but that changed your life. You started getting involved with the homeless uh, here in Dallas and started giving away blankets. And now you're doing a birthday party for Jesus, which I, I've, always, I've always asked. My kids and everybody thinks I'm, I'm making this up. I think every Christmas dinner you should sing happy birthday and you should have candles on the cake. Now, maybe not you know, 2020, but, uh, you know, you should have candles on the cake because it's Jesus' birthday. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so that's uh, really what happened after my husband committed suicide. uh, The Lord's put in my heart to help the homeless under the bridge living in downtown Dallas. And in the beginning, I really said, no, I'm not going to do that. They are crazy. They just like free stuff. And I could not stand homeless people. And the thing was, I asked God, what could I do for him after my husband died because I choose joy? So I asked God, what can I do for you? So I tell you, Glenn, do not ask God, what can you do for him if you are not prepared? Yeah, he'll tell you. you Yeah, he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So that's what it all started about was just a blanket in the street. So they called me blanket lady for eight years. That was what I did as a supervisor in Baylor Hospital. At the same time, I was helping the homeless. And then God gave me a big vision of holding this massive birthday party for Jesus where the guests are the homeless and the poor of Dallas Fort Worth. So that's, we started that in 2004. So now we are 16 years old, Dallas Convention Center, the nation's largest event 
for the homeless and the poor with 10,000 to 21,000 people. We have 3,700 volunteers that come in one day to serve the poor and the homeless. And the heart of the ministry is prayer and evangelism. We tell them about God. We don't force nothing. We just ask them, how can we pray for you? Because it gives them hope. And then after that, we wash their feet. So we washed thousands of feet and put on socks and shoes, and we gave away blankets, sleeping bags, haircuts, makeover, flu shots, eyeglasses, dentists, free lawyers, uh, job counseling, housing availability. We partner with the community, and the children alone have a massive area. They have zip lines. They have rock wall climbing, pony rides, petting zoo, face painting, balloon artists. And now the vision has grown. Dallas is leading America. We're going to hold this party in 50 states next year. This year, next, this Saturday, 12 states representative from different states are flying to Dallas, New York. I mean, New, uh, we have massive, we have Chicago, we have New York, we have Utah, we have Maryland, Florida, and we have Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Kansas, Georgia, That's Nebraska. Great. I mean, they're flying here to see how Dallas helped the poor and the homeless, and they will copy it in all the states next year, one day, 2020, where in the whole America will celebrate Jesus in the same day. How great is that? Now, Susie, let me ask you. You listed off an awful lot of stuff that's happening, and I did not hear the magic words cake or cake-like <laughs> substance. Well, we have... 5,000 cupcakes. Okay, all right, uh, okay. Yeah, so we all have right. a birthday party. We have a birthday party. Uh, Parties uh, uh, after uh, at 12 noon, we have a, a girl. She is now Miss Cinderella. She's going to sing Happy Birthday, Jesus. And then we celebrate with 5,000 cupcakes. We're expecting 12,000 people, Glenn. 6,000 are DISD children, and 6,000 adults are coming. Wow. And 3,000 of these children are homeless. Sounds they like don't you, have any homes. Sounds like you need more cupcakes. Uh, how, can, <laughs> how can people help? Well, they, we, right now we are desperately needing uh, coats, shoes, and toys for children, and adult uh, coats for adult uh, large to 3X for men. Those are the biggest, largest need for operation care. But they could really give us the funds wherein we could order in bulk because a coat, if we order it, it's only $11. If you buy it, it's like 20 to $30. Okay. So if they give us money, go to our website, opcare.org, O-P-C-A-R-E.org, and then they could donate. Or if they want to sponsor a child, it's $30 that go to a toy, a coat, and a, sh- a pair of shoes for a child. And we have 3,000 children that don't have anything right now because we could not afford it. I'm just a little widow trying to help 12,000 people. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, and we are, in, and I quit my job, if you're aware of it. I, I left, yeah, I did leave my job. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, you sound like just a little widow. <laughs> to be reckoned with <laughs> like well, a little widow a of a tornado um Susie, thank you so much and uh and bless you for all you're doing and and uh i i wish we could be there if i wasn't out of town we would be there um but uh good luck and congratulations so that's Susie well, jennings you. if you if you'd like to help it's op care op care.org and as she said uh, next year it's going to be spreading into all uh, 50 states there's a couple of other things uh, christmas that um you might be interested in uh if you're looking for something to give to the, let me give you a couple of ideas uh one the nazarene fund there is nothing better than freedom 
for Christmas because that's really what the Christ child is all about. Uh, freedom from our past, freedom from our mistakes. But this is actual freedom, the Nazarene Fund uh, or our.org. You can go to the Nazarene Fund.org and donate for, I think it's now $25, something like that. You can free a person and get them to safety. Nazarene Fund.org, the Nazarene Fund.org. Or you can go to uh, our.org, and that specifically goes for sex trafficking and children all around the world. Um, also, sure, Mer- it's actually to fight that. We want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. It's to fight thank sex you. trafficking for children around the world. Just to be to put a thank you fine point on that. Thank you. I think it's an important distinction. Also, if there is if there is any room for you to help an individual out, uh, you might know individuals that need help. But if you don't, there is somebody who is uh, has been a guest on our program before, and he has paid a very high price uh, for his his changing his viewpoint. He was a university professor at NYU for years. He lost his job there. He is taking odd jobs. He's doing anything he can. Uh, but I have a feeling he's uh, about to lose uh, literally everything. Um, and uh, there is a GoFundMe page, and you can just look for support freedom fighter, fighter Michael Rechtenwald, R-E-C-T-E-N, Wald, W-A-L-D, Rechtenwald. Um and uh and donate i think he i think somebody somebody started this page and it's i think they like fifteen thousand dollars would change his world uh i would strongly urge you to to help if you have the money to help him here's a guy who has been literally left in the cold and is friendless and uh and i don't want him to be homeless as well Hmm. um and he's written some great books recently trying to make make some money but um you know, you could also just buy his book, the Google Ar- uh, Ar- Archipelago, uh, which is all about the truth about Google. Um, quickly, a clarification, because we did mention that the money goes to fight trafficking, not to support it. Yeah. Um, we should also give the correct website, which is OURrescue.org. Thanks, I mean, the other one might me. go to supporting it. Goes, I don't know. It goes to me. Hmm? goes to me. Oh, the oh, the yeah, oh, I had the other whole, website. I had this whole thing. Oh, you had a whole scam out. mapped out, and I, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. Screwed it up. Oh, you are rescue.org. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> a couple of other ideas on uh, on Christmas. If you are looking for something of educational value for your children, if you're looking for books, I want to tell you about a website called well welleducatedheart.com. Go ahead, look it up. See if it's. See if the money is going to, like, to traffic, traffic children. Well-educated. Well-educatedheart.com. Okay. This was started by a, a woman named Marlene Peterson. Hmm. Um, and years ago, I got a collection of these books. And I honestly cannot tell you why I didn't talk about them on the air. Um, but I didn't. And I recently found out she thought that that was a miracle. She thought... Trying to get me to talk about it would be a miracle, but then I didn't, and she said, "Now that was the miracle because it would have it would have made things worse." Uh, because at the time, these books were worth a lot of money, and now she's found a way to get them in people's hands uh, for really, really low prices. And what they are are these are the stories of America, 
And it, if you go to welleducatedheart.home, look for the Freedom Series or the Libraries of Hope. And what she's done is she's taken all of the old books and the old stories, and she's put them all together in a series. And it's the Freedom Series under uh, Libraries of Hope. And I can't recommend them any higher. These are the these are the stories and the ones that you can trust and educate your children uh, with. Do I have time to tell you my Christmas miracle from the other day? Yeah. So I'm driving home. On my way home from uh, from being out, it's late, you know, 8, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Not late, late, but yeah, dark. Yeah. And so I pull out. I'm about half a mile away. I know I need to get some gas. Half a mile away from the gas station. Pull out, start accelerating. It's up a hill. 7-Eleven's on my, on my right-hand side, about a half mile up. Get about halfway up the hill, quarter mile away now, the car starts sputtering. And I realize I'm running out of gas. So I try to accelerate a couple times. It doesn't do anything. So now I'm at the point, like, can I glide to this gas station? Because it's uphill, it's dark, it's somewhat cold, it's cold for Texas. I don't want to deal with this in the middle of the night. So I throw it into to neutral, and I'm gliding up, and I'm getting slow, slow, you know, closer and closer, but I'm going really slow at this point. And I'm uphill, and I'm like, I think I'm going to make it into the entrance of this gas station. So I'm picturing, you know, you're mentally repping yourself. Like, I'm going to pull in, I'm going to glide up over and pull right into where you can put, you know, you can put gas in the car at the pump. And I, as I pull in, I get to the entrance, and there's someone parked in the side where my gas tank would be. Mm. So I have to somehow figure out how to turn around. So I still gliding. I'm still gliding. So I have no no gas at all. I'm I'm inching up, and I'm trying to attempt a three point turn with with just momentum. Like I'm just going up, and it's a little bit of a hill, and so I'm kind of backing up and turning the wheel at the same time. And it's going. I mean, I'm going like one half of a mile an hour now, but I'm in the I'm in the parking lot. And I turn the wheel as hard as I can, on, and it's coming down the hill, and I can only get it to it's like a 45-degree angle to the pump. I can't actually pull up to the side of it. It's just about a 45-degree angle to the pump. And as I'm trying to like just inch a little bit more, I press the gas one more time in literally nothing. It wasn't even sputtering anymore. Wow. I legitimately run out of gas. And I pulled up, and I, pulled it, I put it in park, and I pull the hose down, fully extended, just gets in. To the actual uh, car, into the gas pump. This is one second earlier, if I had run out of gas, I would not have made it. And here it is, a miracle. Did you, did you see, I don't believe this at all. You didn't believe the totally fart happened. guy. No, this you totally did, No, it, you saw this on the Hallmark. You saw this on the Hallmark <laughs> channel. It is on You're that just, level. <laughs> it's that good of a story. <laughs> and that is why... Welcome to the uh, program. All right, coming up today at uh, 5 p.m. on Blaze TV, we are going through um, the the lies that the media has told, the lies that the left has told, uh, and uh, and really kind of go over, I think, some critical items that maybe uh, those who are for impeachment should pay attention to, uh, and maybe those who are... Uh, currently saying that the president uh, has to go and there's everything else is a conspiracy theory that perhaps they should watch maybe that's you or a friend of yours tell them to turn on blaze tv 
tonight, 5 p.m. for the show. Subscribe today and you'll save $20 with the promo code GB20OFF. It's great Christmas gift for anybody that you know. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code GB20OFF. This is the Glenn Beck Program.